everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk. And I am your host, Lila Winston. I pray that you are well and that God is blessing in your life. And also, as you know, we come together to read and study in the Bible to practically apply the word of God to our daily lives and also so that we can accomplish the purpose of our lives and enact that in the earth. So I hope that you are doing well. I hope that God is blessing in your life. You're taking courage and steps toward growing in the faith and also to completing your purpose every day of your life and understand how important and necessary you are, how every component of your life is important. And so today I want to talk about something that we don't talk about in Christendom a lot. We really don't talk about this. And I think it's something that we need to talk about because it's actually really very common and it happens a lot. (laughs) And it's not a great big sin. It's not something that is a little dirty secret. It's a very important aspect of our humanity. And uh, the fact that we are not uh, divine beings in the sense that we are omniscient and all-knowing. And so our anchor text is actually going to be in Daniel, in Daniel chapter 12. And we're going to read from verse 5 until verse 10. So it's only five verses. So go ahead and grab your Bible. And we are going to read in Daniel. And that's going to be chapter 12, verses 5 until 10. That is our anchor text. So I will get started. It says, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven and swear by him, that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So that was Daniel chapter 12, verse 5 to 10. And so... If you read some of the book of Daniel, or if you read all of it, I encourage you to. There's two very interesting stories, one about Daniel, one about the three Hebrew brothers who were thrown into uh, the fiery furnace. And we know Daniel for those stories. But a lot of times we don't know Daniel as much for the many visions and dreams that he had, that he wrote down and penned that people are still trying to understand to this day. And I think it's important for us to really understand as believers that sometimes we don't understand and then be okay with that. Daniel says something really very powerful in this text. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 8, he literally says, I I understood not. 
What was he saying? I don't understand. And I think that's a powerful thing that Daniel said. And then he asked a question. It was powerful because he admitted that he didn't understand everything, even a vision, even a dream that God had given him. And certainly you would think if God gave him a dream, if God gave him a vision, God would explain it to him. But that is not always the case, right? He never attempted to do so. In this particular text, none of the heavenly creatures, God, the Lord, never attempted to tell Daniel what that meant. Instead, he kind of told him it's going to be okay Things are going to roll out in time. Some people are going to get it and some people won't. And yeah, that's going to be it for you. So in essence, Daniel never really understood it. And I think there's a power in being able to accept that and being able to say that. It really, really is. And I think sometimes, you know, as believers, or if you become a teacher, if you become a deacon, an elder, a bishop, Sometimes we don't want to say that, but there are things that you won't understand. Hey guys, this is just an update to let you know that Love Walk is now at TikTok. You can find us at Love Walk Fellowship, all one word, at TikTok. And I just want to encourage you, don't forget to follow us at TikTok, like some of the videos, and if you want to leave a prayer request or ask a question, we can actually reach out to you right there. Remember, we are now at TikTok at Love Walk Fellowship. So welcome and come on aboard. there does always remain a necessity to confess or even to acknowledge to yourself that there are some things you won't understand. And that's just the fact of life. That's a fact of our interface with an omnipotent, right? All-knowing, all-seeing God, all-powerful God. You're not going to understand everything, not even everything that he tells you, right? So what I want to point out is a couple of points from Daniel chapter 12. I want to point out that I think it's important to see what he was saying in this verse, in this set of scriptures. One, when you don't understand, you want to just keep doing what you know is right. I think that's an important concept. You know, sometimes when people don't understand, they have a tendency to just stop. No, don't stop doing what God has asked you to do. You can do the thing that you know to do, but just because you don't understand all of it, you don't understand the next step, doesn't mean that you don't continue in the thing that God has for you, that God wants you to do. Then the second thing is that it says in this particular set of texts, in our anger text, it says that the wise shall understand. That's very interesting. So was he saying that Daniel wasn't wise. I think that's not what he actually meant. But just because the wise will understand doesn't mean he's going to reveal that particular thing to Daniel. And it may mean he may not reveal that to you. 
And I think there needs to be some space in there to understand that not everything is going to be revealed, right? God chooses, he elects whom he will choose to reveal things to. That doesn't make him bad. It doesn't make us silly for or stupid for not knowing or understanding, right? The third thing is that <clears throat> it is implied by the statement that because the wicked do not understand that they keep doing more wickedness. So there's this level of realizing in the scripture that the Bible is saying that a lack of wisdom means that that people who lack wisdom and elect to do that which is wicked they're going to lack wisdom right and they're not going to understand they're not going to understand how the pieces are coming together now believers have a very special place they get this window of information you know there's so many things in the bible that are coming true to this day and so you get a window in just as a basic believer opening up the bible you get a window in that other people will not get but it's important to understand that there is a level of wisdom in having the capacity to go to the bible and look at it and read it and then understand what is happening and then the next point is if you don't understand something it is okay. It is okay. <laughs> I know it is a strange concept. Everyone wants to be the authority on everything. You know, I did this four points and a, and a, you know, a poem, and this is how it happened for me. No, you know, I don't get it all. <laughs> and that's, that's powerful in saying that because you acknowledge the deity of God and that he hasn't shown you everything and that that will not happen. The Bible says that we see things darkly as through a glass and to claim to understand and know. That's why I think it's somewhat of a jump to conclusions for people who say, you know, in my life, I don't see apostles. In my life, I don't see prophets. And so therefore, I believe it doesn't exist. What they're essentially saying is, is that my canon of knowledge is the only thing there is. And if my canon of knowledge does not contain it, it doesn't exist. And I could argue the same thing. I don't really see pastors. Now you say, well, what about these people who are standing up before, you know, churches? They're great speakers, but are they pastors? (laughs) Are they really pastors? Are they really doing the work? They themselves, not a staff, not a crew. And there's nothing wrong with having a staff and a crew. Really, I have nothing against it. I just want you to know. But do we really see pastors today? You know, a lot of people think they do simply because pastors, the role as a pastor or a preacher, whatever you want to call it, has been sort of officiated or created, made official by, you know, tax law and countries and nations, cities. You can become an ordained minister. But are you really a pastor are we really seeing in the the church of today pastors and pastoring real pastoring what it means to be a shepherd i think this is really important to understand because if i in looking around at the churches that i can see and i'm obviously this isn't everyone if i say well you know i don't really see pastoring i see great speakers who are dynamic charismatic interesting funny uh intelligent wise smart but i don't really see pastors I could really make a case for they're not actually being pastors in existence anymore, right? If we go back to the real meaning of what it means to be a pastor. So I think we really have to think about, you know, the fact that we sometimes, because of the limitation of our own knowledge, right? 
we're not willing to say, you know, some things I just don't understand. Some things I just may not see. Some things I just may not have done myself. And then it's important to point this out, that if someone explains it to you and you don't agree or you don't understand, it is okay. Because remember, uh, Daniel had these wonderful you know, celestial or angelic beings telling him things that he absolutely did not get. (laughs) And am I saying you should be clueless in your life of Christianity? No, I'm saying you should be real. (laughs) I'm saying you should be honest. Not everything you're going to get, and you may not agree with everything. Maybe with time and experience and your walk with God, you may come to understand what that individual is saying, or you may come to understand that they were in error. I know for myself as a believer, there are things that people told me that I absolutely did not get at the time that they told me, but it was only through time and experience that I realized they were right. And God isn't someone who's rushing people. Remember, he's long suffering, right? So he, he doesn't mind taking a long time to teach you something, right? To help you get the message. So it's okay if you don't understand right now. You are not obligated to accept someone's teaching if you don't understand it. Let God bring clarity for you. And then six, you should be square or correct on the salvation of Jesus Christ as a believer. That is something that's non-negotiable. It's pretty simple. The Bible says it's pretty simple. That's something you should understand because that is your faith. And you should try to, of course, learn and understand scripture. But if you don't, it's okay. You can continue to learn, continue to read. I can honestly tell you a lot of times, if I'm just going to be honest, as a believer, when I read the scriptures as a young believer, I, I didn't get a lot of stuff. It just like, what does that mean? What is he talking about? Why are we even, why are we even having this discussion? Like there were many times where I felt like that. But the truth of the matter is, is that there were connections in the New Testament that I did not see, right? There were foreshadowings. There were lessons, things that I would not understand until many years later. Understanding is not immediate. It is incremental, right? That is why God doesn't show us everything all at once. And I think we need to understand that part. And I also want to point out that if you notice when Daniel said, Lord, I do not understand, the Lord did not attempt to make him understand it. And we don't really know after David, I'm sorry, after Daniel wrote this, we don't know if he came to a revelation of what actually the vision meant. We don't know. It's not revealed to us. All we know is this man said, you know, I had these visions and I don't know what they mean. Right. And that's okay. And that is what I want to tell you. If you're a believer, it is okay. If you don't altogether get it, some things must be understood in the fullness of time. Some things we'll never understand, right? Things that happen in our lives that happen in the lives of others. We just don't get But just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't have a valid point, that there wasn't a reason for it, that God can't use it for good, that it doesn't have some value. It just means my understanding is limited. And just because my understanding is limited doesn't mean that God has to tell me or reveal it to me. He is not obligated to reveal it. I want you to notice something and Job will really help you understand yourself, really help you look at yourself in the mirror, right? In Job chapter 42 and 3, 
He said that there were things that were too wonderful for him to understand, right? Job nor his two friends were actually privy to the conversations that took place between God and Satan when we read Job chapter 1. Now, you and I as readers get a chance to look at Satan come before the Lord and say, hey, what about your servant Job? But I want you to remember that it, it is nowhere indicated in the book of Job that God told Job about this conversation at any point. At any point, Job may have never known, right? And so we have to understand the perspective from which Job is coming. And when we do that, we understand ourselves better. And when we understand Job, and then we look at what God was doing, it helps us to understand that there may be reasons that we don't understand or know. Job didn't know why he was suffering. And honestly, his friends didn't either. Either. You know, Job wanted a reason, right? He wanted a reason based on his goodness, right? Like, I've been good, God, so why is this happening to me? And his friends, they thought that they knew as well based on his badness. Oh, Job, you must have done something bad, and that is why you're being punished. But really, the real truth was that neither of them understood. And I think if we can just be so open and vulnerable to say, you know, I really don't understand. And that is okay. <laughs> and what's really, you know, mind blowing for me as a believer is that God will keep leave you in the dark and has no problem with that at all. <laughs> I don't know if he ever told Job why he did that. I don't know. We'll, we'll never know. Maybe when we get to heaven, we'll find Job and say, Hey, you know, what, what was going on there? <laughs> did you ever find out? You know, and I think that's what we have to understand. Let's look at what it says in Job chapter 42, verse 3, because sometimes I think we're asking for questions that are above our pay grade. Let's look. It says, who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. So some things are just too great for us to understand. Some uh, prophecies from Revelations or even the book of Daniel, we cannot truly grasp. Some things will not be revealed. That's right. I said it. <laughs> Maybe that's like a curse word in Christendom, but some things are not going to be revealed. Some things, you're not going to get no revelation on that. You're not going to get a revelation. I'm sorry. And so the wisest man in the world said in Proverbs, something very powerful, I think we all must grab onto. It is Proverbs chapter 30, verses 18 and 19. He said that there were things that were too wonderful for him to grasp as well. This is the wisest man, okay? The wisest man. And these things, when you really look at them, they seem quite simple. But if we examine each one, we see that what the wise teacher was saying is actually true. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 30, verse 18 and 19. It says, There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid, or the way of a man with a woman. Now, people would be wise to use care in each one of these scenarios that the teacher mentioned in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 18 and 19. And I'm just going to make a little aside here. This is just my personal belief, and I hope it will help you. 
I personally think people are too flippant about the sticky nature between men and women. It is a relationship that we cannot fully understand. Remember, this relationship is patterned after the relationship between God and man or Christ and his bride, which is a mystery, right? So when you think of a relationship between a man and a woman, exclusively a man and a woman, the Bible teaches us that in this particular relationship, there's something mystery there. There's a mystery there. There's something mysterious there that cannot be replicated between people to uh, a father and son, a mother and daughter, uh, you know, two friends, right? These, there's something there that we cannot put our finger on. And I feel like it's a relationship that we cannot fully understand if we're honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can be truly honest about it. The wise teacher said this. He said that there was, there was things that were too wonderful for him when it came to this relationship. And I want you to remember Solomon, the wisest man, his heart was turned to idols by he, his wives, it says. Right? And we see women staying in relationships with men that we cannot even begin to understand. It's just so bizarre. We have to admit, and I'm just sorry, you just have to admit it, that the teacher knew something that we are afraid to say, that we don't understand it. We don't really understand that relationship, even when we are in it, even when we are making the connection, there's something there that we do not understand. And so when it comes to men and women, I think there's a very important point to exercise extra care. There is a mystery in that relationship that is beyond any other humanly relationship or union. And I think when we have the courage to admit that we don't understand certain things, it gives us the power to guard against the dark side of what could happen with those things that we don't understand. And so when we look back at Job and the fact that he realized, you know, I really don't understand what is going on right now, right? He really came to that. But if we look at them both, we see that Job and his friends were reprimanded because of the things that they did not understand. And so when we talk of things that we do not understand, we often end up arguing with others. Either both parties do not understand or one party doesn't understand or, or they don't understand some portion of it or whatever it could be. And so when that happens, it is best to let it go. Even though in Proverbs chapter four and seven, the Bible encourages us to get understanding. The truth is that we will not understand everything. And this is not a point of weakness, but of protection and of reality. We see this phenomenon in Genesis chapter two, when the Lord instructs Adam not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Some things you're not going to know, some things you're not going to understand, and that is okay. So I think it's important for us to understand that there are things that we must be able to navigate even if we do not understand them. And we do that by following the word of God. And so many people, they see the Bible sometimes too literally. And then some people are enamored of tradition or genealogies or theory, or they over-spiritualize everything as a wicked spirit, everything the devil made them do. 
But I want you to understand that is not the way it is supposed to go. And we do that when we don't understand. Sometimes we take scripture out of context because we do not fully understand the magnitude of what God is saying. Now that could be found out or understood through scripture. And sometimes it cannot be at all. Like we see with the relationship between a man and a woman. So sometimes you just have to rely on the Lord. You have to let that portion go and let the Lord teach you in the balance of time. Instead of endless arguing and back and forth, pray that God makes the understanding of the person that you speak with or that you hope to gain a particular understanding fruitful or even yourself. Sometimes someone that is always getting the scripture wrong, particularly on the essential doctrines of the faith, may be indicative of a telltale sign that we are all overlooking. It may mean they've slipped into apostasy or some sort of doctrine, or maybe they've backslidden, or maybe they've never been a believer from the start. In such a case, when you see this, it is an indication to pray for them, not argue. So no, you will not understand everything, but you can use the Bible to help you understand some things. In Proverbs chapter 5, verse 32, it really helps us to better understand that our what our anchor text is saying, particularly in Daniel chapter 12, verse 10, when it talks about how the wise will, you know, do righteousness, but the wicked will do wicked or wickedly. I want you to notice how it is explained perfectly when we go to the book of wisdom. Sometimes understanding something comes from going to another book, right? Let's look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32. It says, he that refuses instruction despises his own soul, but he that hears reproof gets understanding. So we see that if a man can accept reproof, he can improve his understanding. So that takes us back to our anchor text. A man who does wickedly and more wickedly, he's not accepting reproof and he is not altering or changing his behavior and his heart and his ways, right? And so this is hugely true because when we cannot be reproved, we can only go into error and error is costly. It's so costly, even in the body of Christ. If I tell you that you are doing something wrong, or maybe if I tell you that you're driving toward a cliff and you will not receive my reproof, you will meet an unfortunate fate. Or maybe if I tell you not to build your boat with cardboard paper and let's say you receive my reproof, then that means you will meet success in your endeavor. So reproof matters. Reproof is going to get you the understanding you want. Be open to someone saying, oh, hey, look here. Reproof matters. And that is what good mentorship should be. A good elder, a good deacon or bishop should be discipling and leading people into the right way. Not this nonsense of armor bearers and water carriers and jug pullers, (laughs) you know, backhoes. (laughs) It's not that. A good deacon, a good pastor, a good bishop is helping others to grow up mature and healthy in God's image through the word of God. So look for those who can provide understanding. But understand, not 
everything will be explained and you will not understand everything. And you must be comfortable with knowing that there is an infinity that is behind you and before you that you cannot fully explain. So I want to encourage you not to be stupid, but to embrace the fact that there are some things you won't know. Be open to the things that you can learn and be humble enough to let God in the balance of time show you what that is.